are listening to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer with the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the Belly Up Sports Network. Listen in as Brent and Dave invite you to belly up to the bar with them to talk about everything in the world of sports, just like you would do at your favorite watering hole. It's sports, beer, and shenanigans. So belly up to the bar with us, grab a beverage, and let's get into it. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, show number 266 on this January the 5th, 2023. I've been getting that right all week long. And usually people, when they when they, the, the new year turns over, they write it wrong on the checkbook. They write right it wrong everywhere else. Yeah. But 2023, <laughs> I've been getting it right all week long. So uh, congratulations to me. Dave, before we get going here, happy 53rd birthday to you, my friend. 53 trips around the sun. It, it happens whether you want it to or not, and uh, yesterday was that day, so uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. It was a good night spent with uh, my wife and kid. We are joined yeah. tonight by uh, Tom Big Nasty O'Connor off his big win from a, 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 a month ago now. Tom, Happy New Year to you. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Tonight's show is brought to you by Manscaped and Manscaped.com. Use promo code 1420ESCAPEDMANSCAPED.COM today for 20% off and free shipping at Manscaped. Get all your grooming needs and whatever it may be. Uh, Team Canada just won the uh, the World Junior Championship in overtime. Uh, we talked about it a little bit off the off air, but we'll get onto it on air here. When Canada, when it, when a team wins in a, uh, a championship thing, and you have a situation where they go to three on three, I think it's personally a bit tainted. Dave, you you think differently? Tom, uh, how do you feel about a team winning on a uh, three on three? And what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the three-on-three. Three. I, I mentioned earlier off-air, too. For, first of all, before I even answer, I say, you know, happy birthday, Dave. That's got to get that on the air so it's, it's official, you know what I mean? I don't want to come back. I hey, didn't wish you very happy birthday. But, uh, um, yeah, no, I, th- I, I, I don't mind the three-on-three three in the hockey as well. It's uh, I said with the World Cup, the final came down to penalty kicks, and that's kind of a crazy thing, too, is, like, if you're out there and you just laid your heart on the line and then – you're the team that loses to penalty kicks. It feels like you kind of you kind of got robbed a little bit, you know. It's like just the especially with soccer, the way that the penalty kicks go is like you got this goalie with this huge like it's a, that's a tough spot to be in. But I don't mind the three on three as much. I'm, I'm torn because it's you know you you play five on five the whole way through, and then it comes down to three on three. Maybe that gives one team a more advantage than the other. So keeping it even is maybe a more honest uh, who's who's the true champion holder. But like Dave was saying, it's like it's got to end at some point. And I think if it's if it's leaning to the way where it's playing towards more skill, then I don't mind it. You know, like three on three. You know, you get the the most. You can argue this, but the more skilled players out there, your most skilled three and rotate your most skilled players, and and there's more ice, more speed. I, I don't know. I, I'm torn. I'm right in the middle. I I feel like there's an honesty to keeping it five on five. But there's a there's a skill level thing with three on three, you know. I agree with you there, Dave. What's your thoughts on that? Like, like he, you're you're more of a soccer guy than me and Tom are. Obviously, uh, when when Canada wins a World Junior Championship, like it's, everybody's happy tonight. The Canada won in overtime, three on three. But when if your team was to lose, I would I'd feel the same way. It's a bit tainted to me. World Cup soccer goes to shootout. What's your thoughts? Should they just keep fucking playing? I think. No, I I don't. 
because that's the rules of the game. That's the way the game is laid out. You have this much to score, and if and if it's a, a, a championship game, we're going to play more, which is what they did. And then yeah. both teams scored, and then you know it's coming to penalty shots. These that was guys, crazy, hey? When, it was, in the in the extra time when each team scores. That was nuts. Yeah. Each it was the best part about it was each player's like big play each uh team's big player. You know, um what are the what's the names? Mbappe and, and, and Messi. Messi both like for both of the stars to clutch up like that, what an exciting game. Mm-hmm. But the um at the end of, you you know what's coming. Then no one no one's yeah. surprising if yeah. you buy it. And think about all the overtime games we have seen in hockey over the years. Um, how many times is it like a fluke bounce? Like, yeah, uh, like you just throw it on net, it 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 co- goes off someone's ankle into onto a shin, and then in the back of the net. Is that skill? Is that what you want? Yeah, because yeah. that's how ninety percent of these games end. Why yeah. not have? Why not have a lot of ice and then actually have someone rip one home? Right, yeah. and, and and you're less likely to have the the traffic pinball wizard goal with three on three than you are five on five. Yeah, you even see the NHL now, where the, you know the the strategy opens up, where they'll 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 literally be in the zone and they'll just leave it. They'll they'll leave the zone. They'll they'll reset. They'll go to their end, reset, do a rush again. It's kind of a cool, you know, the games are constantly changing, but it's kind of a cool thing to see how the strategy shifts. You. Got a McKinnon or someone out there. You're just like, yeah, I'll just go all the way back to my end, get some speed, and come in. Well, that's one thing. Actually, a friend of mine brought it up yesterday. He he gave me a he messaged me. He goes, "What do you think about uh, once you're you're in the zone, you can't regroup and come back in hockey? Like once you're there, you can't come back and try to, and do like the Russians did back in 1972. Like once you're in, you're in. You can't regroup. I, I think that's something that maybe hockey should look at because I, I, I don't mind the regroup though because it's it you know it's like it's the same thing you're saying. Like you're playing to the rules, and it is a little bit like, I, I yeah, I, I'm torn. I'm torn with it. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like how a, a, a world championship can end when when the game's not the same way, especially in, in hockey where you all of a sudden you're playing three on three or you go to a shootout. I don't like it at all. I don't like it. It's not like these guys need a uh, they, like they don't have charter flights or whatever it may be. They're like, where where are they going? The fans yeah. aren't going anywhere. I, I, yeah. I just, I, even though Canada won the night, I, I personally don't like it. You would prefer I, to see the the chip in, uh, pinball you wizard. Just, you just play it. Well, yeah, you're leaning, you're leaning towards the conditioning. Yeah. It's like, Not how me. long can this team battle it out and play the game until 100%. the other team quits and breaks down? It comes That's into that condition. My thought. Uh, I, I can't argue with that either because that hard training, you know, Trevor Hardy conditioning. I, that plays to my strength, so I'm happy with that. I saw I, I, I've always oh. made a joke that um, with MMA, I was like, you, so the judges, you hear this all the time in MMA, oh, you don't leave it to the judges. You, you know, the judges ruin it. Terrible, terrible decision made by the judges. And it, you hear this all the time. I was like, you can eliminate this. Instead of having 15 fights in a night, you have three, and it goes till a finish, round after round, until someone quits. And then, then you really see who the, who the champions are well, at the end. We'll get into the MMA stuff in a second, and your fight back on December second there. But MMA used to be that be that way when you got the mm-hmm. was it Royce Gracie? They fight for hours on end, and it, yeah. it almost k- killed MMA, didn't it? Well, it was well, so I yeah, I found it so boring that Gracie because <laughs> I mean his gi just like wiggling around, like just rolling on his back, and 
And, and that's and the problem is you kind of like even well even the there's no entertainment is, right? yeah is how do we speed it up how do we how do we how do we squeeze entertainment value out of it and that's what we that's what athletes are you know entertainers and we're you know we love the game and it's all about the love of the game but but how do we make it the best entertainment value possible and it's like you'd see those MMA fights that would go extra rounds and be oh. so by the time you fight for for you know, four or five, you see championship fights, even, even fights in the UFC at the highest level, they get in the third round and they can barely throw a punch. They're like, everything's sluggish. Everything's slow. Yeah. Dave or, or Tom, let's get into your scrap that you had, uh, in D- December 2nd, 2022, by a year ago, uh, Devin Booker, don't right. Devin Devin Brock. Brock, sorry, Devin, Devin yep, Brock. Yep. Uh, you, 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 you went in there. What was your game plan going into that fight? He's a, a lankier guy. He's a little bigger than you. Same weight category, obviously. He's a bit of a lankier guy, like kind of like myself yeah. or Dave or Dave going in there. What was your game plan going into that fight? And then when your game plan, uh, we I, I, I watched the fight. Dave yeah. watched the fight. What was your game plan going in? And halfway through that first round, you go, oh, fuck, I got to change this game plan a little bit. Yeah, what you guys are saying is that you didn't see that my game plan started right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to do a little bit of a change up for sure. Um, it was, it, it, my game plan is always the same as, you know, get in there, get a feel for the fight and feel what they're doing. Make sure I set my rhythm, get the timing down. And then make them follow my rhythm so I can change the rhythm. But <laughs> that was the problem with the first round, as you guys watched the fight and seen, is I was following his rhythm right off the bat. He had me following him. And, and you know, we see that the fighter is like someone is kind of the leader, someone's kind of the follower. And um, yeah, he was leading the whole dance. And I was, I was caught in it. I even I, I talked about it after where I was like, same thing. I was a little emotionally charged. He'd land a punch and I was like, oh, I got to get him back one. And, and typically I'm, I'm pretty good at not being too, um, too overly emotional. You know, you want it, you want that emotion to be at the perfect precipice where it's you're, you're on, you're focused, but you're not too overly emotional. And I was trying to, he'd land a jab and I try and get him one back. And of course, trying to get him one back, I just walk into another good punch. And so that was a bit problematic and near the end, yeah, halfway through the first and kind of near the end of the first, I, um, there was a moment there where, you know, we made adjustments in, in between the first and second rounds through my coaches. But there was a moment I remember where I'm going through the first and he's landing punches and I was too emotionally charged up and I'm not angry. I don't get angry in the fight, but I was like, I got to get him one back. I'm behind. And I remember thinking that like, crap, I'm behind. I got to get him one back. And um, then there was a moment where I was just like, no, no, no. Just like, you're here. Have fun. I just remember telling myself, have fun. I smiled. He popped me with the jab again. And I was like, oh, great. You know, and I remember saying in Muay, Thai, in Muay Thai, you hear it all the time where they're striking and they're getting rhythm and they'll be like, oi, oi. And the, 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 the coaches will call out when they land a kick or they land a strike. They'll be oi. And kind of to, to say, hey, we seen that. Tell the judges we scored a point. Like kind of to let the other fighter know, oh, hey, he landed a punch on you. And so he landed that jab and I smiled and I was like, oi, nice, nice punch. And I remember... It was like it was like a, a a bunch of relief, you know, because I was so pent up. He was landing on me, and I was chasing and chasing and chasing, following his whole game plan. And That's when I crazy. just said, "Hey, relax, have a little fun," pulled me with the jab. I smiled. It was just it was you know it wasn't it wasn't like so much so that I just got in the flow and got in the rhythm, but it was enough of a relief to just not be stuck in his rhythm. And then we are at least kind of neutral again. 
And um, that paid off big time going in the second, talking to the coach and seeing what the actual technical adjustments I had to make were. Because I knew, you know, I knew once he was going through halfway through the first, I knew I was behind and I knew I had to change something up. Otherwise, he's going to, he's you know, in fighting, you, you eventually, he's going to knock you out. He's going to finish you because you can't just take it endlessly. I mean, I, 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 the whole time I never, I didn't feel hurt at any moment, but um, I, I, knew, Jesus, I knew I was in man. trouble. You know, I knew he was, I knew that I was following the dance versus yeah, leading. Yeah, he, he was, I don't, I won't say damaged, but he was definitely scoring with that jab on you. You couldn't do anything on him. Anytime you got a little close, you were just, he was snapping your head back oh. and, and, he did it a couple more times than I cared to see, Tom. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you I, I, so I don't <laughs> yeah. know how those felt, but uh, it looked like it hurt. And 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 clearly, yeah, towards – you can tell you weren't hurt, but this was not the way for you to win a fight. And in no. whatever adjustments you made, you, it was a completely different fight from the second to the end. About half of this through the second round, I thought, yeah. Yeah, when you, yeah, when you got him in the ground, shift. yeah. Yeah, that, I didn't get the first takedown until yeah, about kind of two minutes or so into the second, and then it started to shift from there. And I could feel his energy starting to drop as well. And um, but like he comes from a really good camp, like you said, his jab that, that was that was part of the problem. Is again, I, I, and this is something I got to get better at in the future. Is um, getting, I would suggest that I'm not a, I'm not yeah, a fighter. Yeah, yeah, I would suggest yeah, not getting punched in the face. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just. It's like that's what I said. It's like here's my here's my big note and takeaway. Hey, is the five D's from dodgeball? Use them: dip, dive, dodge, duck, and dodge. And, you know, yeah. I could use them a little bit better, maybe. Hey, you guys want to come throw some wrenches at me? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, first of all, he he's he was a really good striker in general. Like his his boxing and his hands were really crisp. And then the thing I. You know, you you go through and you your game plan for a guy, and the the whole team looks at all of his 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 footage and says, okay, this is what he does well. This is where we can kind of exploit him and things like that. And and I didn't take it. His footwork, you could tell in the first round, especially when he's landing those jabs, his footwork was really well well done. Where he was never in front of me, I couldn't get a hold. A couple times, I go in for a takedown and I fell down. You know, like he just he cut the angle like a matador dodging a bull, and it was it was really good work on him. Great footwork, and um, I think part of it was he did a really good job and was well prepared for me. And then the other part was I was forcing it a little too much. Uh, part of it being emotionally charged, trying to get one back on him, trying to even the score. That's and then the other I part. Noticed, that's what I noticed, Thomas. That, like you. you 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 got punched and you got you got you got hit a couple times and then you were trying a little too hard with some spin kicks yeah. and everything else and you were you're like I got to do something here and I thought like I thought watching it I thought I'm you were trying a lot like just to, to do too much and try yeah. to and trying to win the fight at, at one at one Moment. strike or whatever it was going to be one yeah. move and you 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 looked like you were trying to hit a a five run home run which doesn't exist so you're trying to do it all at once did you feel that way and what did your corner say to you. Uh, be, between the first and second round, like what was the big the big conversation at, at that point? Yeah, well, th that was the big thing. Was just I I felt that, and I like there was that midway through or like near the end where I said I could tell myself, hey, I, I got to change something up. So what what's the only thing I could do is at least enjoy myself, and that was that was right away the relief, which is crazy, I know, but um, that's why I do it. I love it, right? So yeah. like if I'm in there getting beat the sh beat the shit out of, I may as well have fun. So that was the start. It was a little bit of relief. And um, then after that, going to the corner and just getting technical advice first on the footwork is making sure I circle him my way 
So circle him towards my corner, making sure that his jab, he's really good at his jab, and then he'd circle out either to his left. And if I came in really fast, he'd make a quick cut to his right. And so I'd be missing that. And so not rushing in, just taking my time and working it. And you could see right away in the second when I came up, hands a little bit higher, a little bit lower in my stance, and just moving in, not as, like you said, I was trying to hit a home run in the, in the, in the first, and just in the second, building, building my own momentum. And I think part of that was the relief I felt in the first, but then my coach's instruction of the footwork. And he said, like, you're fine. Don't rush. Stop rushing yourself. That was big advice. And then the other thing was um, the coaches just saying like, hey, this is where now this is because a big part of my game is we're just going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. And the pace is never going to slow down. The pace of the fight might look like it's slowing down because I'm trying to change rhythm. But the actual pace of my work rate this is something we talk about often is supposed to just continue to go up and up and up, up and up until they break. Right. And so that was the one thing is in this, in the, between the first and second, I stayed standing up, making sure I'm breathing, practicing the breath work that I practice and staring right at him. Like I'm hunting him and make sure, you know, even if he's ahead and he's got the momentum that the kill or be killed attitude is I'm still there. You know what I mean? You're not going to, you're not going to put me, you have to put me away if you're going to finish me. And I have that mentality is, yeah, I can't, maybe I can't control everything in the fight, but I can control my mentality and my outlook, my, my outward uh, energy. So that was a big thing. It was like, I'm staring right at him. I'm listening to my coaches, but I'm, I'm looking directly at him in between the first and second round. And I'm thinking like, I'm coming for you no matter what. My coaches, you know, don't rush. And that was a big part. And then once I started coming in and closing the distance a little bit, hands really high, I started to feel like I could own the center line a little bit. And so when he was throwing the jab, he, I, I started to be able to slip a little bit. You know, he'd still land a couple. He was really good hands. So it was a, his, a fast jab. There was no, I say, you know, when I'm teaching kickboxing, I say, cut the fat. Like you don't want any excess on it. I don't want to show what I'm doing. And he, he was a perfect example of that. The jab, as soon as the jab started moving forward, his whole body traveled behind the jab. So there was no, there was no tell. I couldn't see it. But as soon as I started controlling the center line a little bit and just making sure I had the parry on the jab, then all of a sudden I could see it and slip. And once I slipped once or twice, you know, you build the confidence. And then I felt like as the second round, you guys, like you said, once I got the takedown, the tides turned. But um, once I got the takedown, I felt like he was following my rhythm. The whole entire uh, yeah. fight switched, right? Dave, go ahead. No, it's it's kind of neat because yeah, in the, in the second, the way you uh, are showing us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, with your 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 stance and your hands, he was still throwing that jab, but it wasn't snapping you anymore. You were getting some blocks on it. They weren't clean hits anymore. And, and some that, still landed. Some were kind of grazed by, you know. But that must frustrate him then. Like, oh shit, this isn't working anymore. Now I got to try something because he has this figured out. And um, I and he must have been thinking, you know, I was scoring really well, but uh, this he's figuring shit out. So I got to change something. And then by the time he's doing that, you're now gaining confidence. It seemed rapidly. And then when you got that first takedown, I don't. You, it didn't appear like he did a lot of damage, but he definitely wanted no part of your ground game. Is what it looked like to me. And and so I I from what I saw, it's like you were in his head. And then once that third round uh, started, you kind of, you own, well, you obviously you owned that third round. Yeah. That, that condition you're talking about, you know, you like Brent wants it to be is just 
endless periods of hockey, five on five, first yeah, team well. to, first team to drop out <laughs> out of energy loss. And so that that that's where it pays off is when you start to get a bit of um you know you get them following your your dance. You're the leader. Is it's energy as the follower depletes so much faster when you're the leader, whether you're a striker or a grappler, and you see it all the time is someone it's the best showing in the UFC when you got a grappler versus striker, because if the grappler versus striker, if they're striking, the grappler starts to lose energy. They look tired. They start to lose technique. Well, getting and punched goes the down. face would slow and you down a little reverse. bit, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. I actually watched the fight with my son who has watched a little bit of MMA with me, but not a whole lot. And then once that third period, uh, third, uh, third round came around and you were starting to dominate it. Dad, he's beating the shit out of that because <laughs> you were turned man. around. Yeah, yeah, yeah turned around good. Yeah, yeah. Tom, at what at what point, Tom, did you know like you were on top of him and, I, I, and you were you were hitting him? And you were hitting him with uh, not the hardest of blows by any means. Uh, you were obviously a little bit tuckered out. There's no getting around that. Uh, at what point did you go? Okay, I got this guy. I got this fight. This is it. I mean, you never know 100% because it's fighting and anything could happen, you know, in any moment. But uh, in between the second and third round, I, I look across and I know it's, it's over because I can, I can speed up. I, I feel like my conditioning was, was good. Energy-wise, I, I was there for another three rounds if needed, you know. And so, yeah, I felt, I felt like it was just a matter of time if I got him to the ground again. And the big thing is, like, the technique on the ground that we're doing is my coach, like, all of my coaches are exceptional. I work a lot with uh, Scott Ward. He's a big jujitsu coach of mine, main, main jujitsu coach. And we constantly are working on just these, you know, the small details that make up the big difference. So you can see it, it's frustrating for um, Devin was every time he gets up, he posts his hand immediately. The first thing I do is pull that wrist away. So it's constantly, it's just like every time you're just falling and you're not falling far, but with the, you see me in the back mount or the mount position, my hips are heavy. I'm driving his hips to the ground. So he can't move his hips much. All he can really do is turn and rotate. And, and the control definitely drained the energy a lot faster. I didn't throw a lot of big punches just to not, well, that's something I want to work on improving is the ground attack and the, the ground and pound and just being a little bit more decisive with the, the ferocity behind it, you know, touch, touch. And then a lot of, a lot of intent, a lot of, um, ferocity and then back to touch 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 just so you don't you don't you know you you wind up big well they do a big movement you're off balance so there's that balance well, that's because I, I i i don't know like i've been in a fight twice in my life so i i can't even comment on that but that's one thing that i noticed that you were doing you were you were you were on top of them and you were just kind of you were hitting them a little bit you weren't it wasn't there they weren't ferocious strikes by any means um like, is that something that you, you could, like you just said, is that something you could look at? I want to knock this guy out right now. Or, or is there a, um, a, a sportsmanship thing where maybe the guy is, you could feel he, he was defenseless at that point and you didn't want to go, okay, I'm going to end this right now. No, 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 no. I, I want to improve where it's like, I'm looking to take them out. I'm looking to kill, you know, and it, it's out of respect thing is that's what I think we both sign up for. And that's what I expect my opponents I want them to come in and come in to take my head off. And there's the sportsmanship element of that. Like we are talking about that, you know, it's still a game that as a sport, as an entertainer, as an athlete, this is still a game. And there's things that are bigger in life than the game we're playing. But the contract I sign as the athlete, 
I know the risk involved and I, I'm, you know, I'm signing and I expect them to do the same. So I'm looking for the kill. It's just, you know, it's just the balance between how much do I give up to let him, you know, if I throw a big punch, he gets on top, the tides switch. And then also just the learning aspect is I'm, I'm learning, I'm getting better every day. And so, you know, picking the time for the right power shot, putting more power in it, just getting, becoming, getting more powerful shots in general, that all goes into the training. So that's something I'm leveling up. But um, as for the sportsmanship, my sportsmanship is, you know, it's kill or be killed is I'm trying to take them out. So there's a couple times there too, where I was like, I probably could have went for a sub, you know, a couple submissions might've presented themselves where I could have went and finished them via sub, but the, the TKO and I, I take the finish like that. It's a good finish still. And like you said, there's a pitter patter, like not a lot of power on a lot of the shots, but constant shots, constant damage. And then at the end, when I started landing some of the elbows, those ones, those ones do a lot of damage as well. So you know, yeah, the, the the combination of growing to be better and have a more vicious ground attack and then also just not too much risk so that I, I make sure I stay in good position. Yeah, just before the fight, the, the ref stopped the stopped the match, um, he totally gave you his back. I thought that would have been a perfect time to throw him in a camel clutch. Yeah, <laughs> Actually, I thought at one point, I thought at one point we were going to see Shiki Baby into a camel There was one point you were on his back and I thought... He's going to do a camel clutch for some reason. I thought the same thing, Dave. Like, I thought 1985 WWF before Tom was this even born, probably. This is where WWF and WWE comes in. That's why you, you got to study that stuff because you don't want to miss out on that move. Because talk about going viral. You know oh, I mean? he would be oh, legend forever. He'd be the legend. <laughs> Just yeah. fish hook. I guess I thought the same thing. You can't fish hook. But. Yeah, but get it. Yeah, lock underneath his chin and, yeah. and camel clutch him out. The, the, wait, as, wait, the wait. as he's 1997 double fish hook, Warner Stanky camel <laughs> yeah. clutch, whatever. It's the whole thing. I thought wait. the same thing. Yeah. When a guy gives you his back like this, obviously he doesn't do it on purpose, but he's he's squirming no. so much yeah. and he's just on the run. You got him. Like it's just do you whisper in his ear, you're done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talk I, to him I, like that. Yeah. Some people can. I mean, yeah. I I've I've gotten more I like in the last, you know, three or four fights, I've been a lot more um will be the wear like a lot more aware in there and just, you know, completely confident. present. And yeah, confident and you start to get that that awareness in the cage where I could talk, I could have a conversation. It's not it's not as such a shock where I'm just watching from above, you know, like outside of my body watching myself and it's just auto autopilot. Now I'm, I'm much more conscious in there. So now I'm, I'm talking a little bit more and you know, that's where even in there, Oh yeah. I like, I said to him like, nice job. That was a nice job. And then, you know, the fun comes in and a little bit less stress is good. You, you want that heightened stress where you're, you're, you're everything's serious, but also it's not, you know, it's still in a controlled environment. So you're, you do your best when you're, when you're in that that right right amount of emotion and yes yeah so I'm getting better at talking. There's some guys you guys see uh, Kevin Holland ever. Yeah, Khabib is the best of it, but Kevin Holland's yeah. funny. He'll talk about he's like in the middle of the fight. He's like, "Oh, that hurts!" Like, "Dang, why am I doing this?" You know, <laughs> like it's funny. Khabib's the best at it though. He's like, as he's beaten, as he's punched him in the face, he's like, "I will be champion. You can just quit. You don't need to be here. Just quit." You know, he's like. <laughs> That's got to be demoralizing, stuck there, getting beat up. Well, by the best, yeah. yeah One right. thing I liked, Tom, was before before the fight started and, be, and then be, uh, before the, every round started, you can give a fist pump with your opponent. I thought that was sportsmanship. I thought it was like, hey, we're doing this. We're having a good time. It's it's for entertainment. But I thought that was a very uh, a very classy move, what you were doing there before the uh, the fight started. Was he in – Thank did you. He, did, did he like that? Did, was he in on the uh, – 
okay, let's let's fist pump and do the whole thing? Or was he like, who's this fucking guy? Yeah, no, I, I've experienced that in the past, but he was good. He was a real good sport. And like his, he comes from a really good team. Those guys over there, there, he's uh, his coach has been in MMA for a long time, competed at the highest level. Chad Savage George, his name is. If you look him up, he has a documentary as well. And um, yeah, he they, so they come from a really good team, but a professional team. So they were good sports. They were really sportsmen. I think I, I don't know how much he likes to do that himself, but he re, he was responsive to it. And you know, you guys have talked to me before. You know that uh, George St. Pierre is a big inspiration of mine. And yeah. and and I, I consider it like. You guys know my story of how I got into this. I just kind of, you know, playing other sports and just wanted to compete and started with a fitness class and kickboxing and then boom, fight and there's, you know, and the rest is history. Not face for a living, getting, but whatever. Yeah, no, yeah literally, not <laughs> eating jabs for a whole round for dinner. And it's like, it, I, I'm, I'm just grateful that I get to do it. And so I'm going to do it the very, the very best I can while I can do it because I can't do it forever. And so, uh, you know, it, I'm a sportsman and I think that being a good sport and, and bringing that sportsmanship is a real important element of being any part of the game, being an entertainer. And you can be a, a kind of a polarizing character, like maybe a Conor McGregor or not, but, but I think that sportsmanship should always be at the heart of what we're doing. And um, it's like, we were, t- we were talking about uh, that, that terrible event on Monday night football. And it's like, you know, things, things come up in life where you immediately in a moment's notice realize, Hey, this is a game and this is real life. And so we're great. We got to be grateful for being able to play the game, being able to entertain people, be able to talk sports on the sports podcast. Like yeah, we all 100%. live and die for sports and, and it's such a good thing. And so it brings a ton of positivity, but when the, the game is there and then there's real life. And so I'm, yeah, that's why I think sportsmanship is, is, is key. It's essential that we have it. That uh, the guy, your your opponent, the, he's from California. Does he train? Is like is his team a California based team? Then yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're out of Cali. Yeah. And then where was the fight at? Uh, Tom? The fight was, was in, the fight was in Edmonton. Oh, oh sorry, okay. the fight was in yeah the fight was in Calgary. Calgary. Sorry. Oh, yeah, okay. it was in Calgary. Yeah. You got punched so hard you forgot where it was. Uh, well, I was supposed to. I was supposed to fight <laughs> in Edmonton before that. I was scheduled, and then I messed the weight cut up. Passed out in the bathtub, took to the hospital, and yeah, just oh, that's what happened. That's that. what happened. Yeah, like the last yeah. time we had you on it was before your supposed back with November. What I, yeah. we were I was waiting, and then it got canceled. Uh, what, what what happened there, Tom? Yeah, just um, you know, uh, learning the learning process of weight cutting a bit too, and um, just like I, I I cut quite a bit. I was cutting quite a bit of weight, and that one I cut a lot. But then it was a combination of that, and I was really sick the week of of the weight cut. And I was like, I couldn't sleep. I had sweats. So I was trying to drink enough water for, cause it, for the weight cut, your uh, water, your water loading up until the weight cut. So, you know, you know, the four liters, four liters, six, eight, some of some people do eight and a half or it, people will do it a little bit different, but I'll do four, four, six, six, eight, eight, back down six, four. And then last one, two, the day before half a liter. And then out. And so leading up to it, um, yeah, it was, it was a decent sized weight cut and I was every night cold sweats. I couldn't keep water on. I was sick the whole week. And then I tried to cut a lot of weight and I was in the tub and I, we did the first cut so that the weigh-ins were Thursday. And so we, I were cut Wednesday night until about 1230 at night. And I was like, I, 
the last bath, I'm in the bathtub, the last bathtub. I'm like, I got to get out. I was over, I was just overheating. I laid out on the deck in the snow, you know, middle of winter. I was in the snow. I was just laying there. I was like, I needed that. I needed to cool down. And Brad's like, the last one you didn't, I didn't sweat at all. I had no sweat left. And we're like, okay, well, let's try again in the morning. And so I went to my coach's place in the morning and um, did another bathtub cut. And as I was in the bath, I was like, just out of nowhere, just passed out and um, woke up to the EMT. Uh, me up, yeah, yeah. So the EMT taking me in. So you know what? To be honest, like a scary moment, but it wasn't as scary for me as it was for Shannon and my coach and the team that was there. There, thank goodness they were there. Of course, is you know having someone watch over. But um, yeah, so good le- learning experience on things not to do and being aware of it. It's little things like uh, not cutting as quite as much, but also the temperature, taking temperature a little more regularly. And um, there's so much to it that, none, that, that yeah. the layman doesn't know about behind the scenes. Like we, we just tune in and watch, right? Like no matter what sport it is, we tune in and watch and we cheer and, 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 and we, we, we piss and moan and everything else. But, but there's so much behind the scenes in every sport, no matter what. And like you telling that story, that, that's something else, man. Yeah. It was, it was crazy when I wake up to the MTs and I'm like telling Brad, I'm like, Brad, man, I got to get back in the tub. I have to get back in the tub. I'm not going to make weight. And he's like, no, man, the fight's off. I call, I, I had to call and call it. And, I was, and at that point, I don't remember, I don't remember saying any of this because I was pretty out of it at that point. But uh, yeah, it was good, co- good for my coach to make that call. And it was the right call. And is that obviously that, there's no, yeah, there's no other way, but. Is that something every fighter has to know? Like just different bodies, different makeups, different physiologies, the same the same way of cutting weight doesn't work the same for every person. Is that? Well, and as I'm learning again, there's a, you know, big learning curve here where as I'm learning, so this last fight, the fight I had against Devin Brock, I, um, I worked with and I, you know, I'm, I'm constantly researching. I did a bunch of research on weight cutting. So I'm, I'm learning up to this point. And a big part of that was this being sick. And then just little things that make up a big difference. Like you said, there's so much that goes on in the background and, I hired a nutritionist for the past one, a weight special, weight cutting specialist, nutritionist for MMA coach TJ Whalen. And he, um, he just, you know, taught me little things and just got my diet in check. So I was, I was a bit closer, didn't have to cut as much, but still felt strong for training and leading up to it. And then the actual weight cutting process, the little things with water loading in, um, a big, a ton of changes to my sleep that helped a ton. And so like, you know, the, the learning process, but he, he would say, he would say the process and the, the methods and everything we're doing to cut weight would be the same for, for all the athletes. You just got to change. I, I imagine he'd say this, I can't speak for him, but I imagine the process is the same. It's just, you have to change those little things for, you know, uh, what weight are they, what weight are they cutting to what's their nutrition diet look like? You know, cutting weight for women is much harder. You know, it's a, a muscle mass thing, but also you gotta watch you know, how you word that, Tom. Gotta watch oh, how you yeah, word that. But, but it really is, and, and, and women in MMA know this because too. Um, and this is where, like, with with their cycle, uh, one week of the month, right, is everything's hormones. All these things are work. I don't know enough about it to say what is the differences, but the old, that would be a big thing. Tom, the older you get, the less you actually know about these the cycles and yeah, stuff about women. True, true, true. <laughs> the, less, the older you get, the less you know. Period. Yeah, that's what I'm finding. No. It's great. <laughs> uh, I got another question about the fight. Did you watch then, like, so the video that uh, you provided us to watch your fight? Um, did you did you watch it then with the announcers and what have you? Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, the, the announcers f- were not. 
Hey, they were they fucking assholes. They didn't yeah, like they really didn't like me there. I know. No, they were really down on Big Nasty. They sounded a little too surprised that you and, won. And early too. Like, okay, the first round just got started. And the guy, yeah, admittingly, Devin was like was landing good shots and he was winning the fight. But they made it sound like it's just like an absolute beating. And I'm like, yeah, like we're a minute into this thing. Give the guy a chance, you know? Yeah. And then even when you won and you finished so convincingly and out of nowhere. What do you mean out of nowhere? He was beating the <laughs> hell out of the guy for the last five minutes, if, man. I feel like yeah. I turned it around pretty good. And it, yeah, but yeah, but hey, so I got a bone to pick people. with those announcers. <laughs> My family did too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they weren't very happy with it. Speaking I, of your family. I like it because I could turn some fans. You know what I mean? Those announcers next time, they'll, they'll watch what they're saying a little more. They'll be a little they'll more on my side. They'll remember. Speaking of your family, Tom, uh, I, I know your parents quite well. Uh, it's when it when you didn't make weight the the, the last fight you're supposed to have, and then you're getting punched in the face uh, like in the first round, and then it's like, <laughs> well, you were. I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat you. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. were. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, what does your like at the end of the day? What does your mom say when it's all said and done? When you go out night in night out you're doing this doing that in the mma world what does your mom say like can you just go get a real job man (laughs) but she doesn't say that she's just all support it's just tom as long as you're happy and being safe you know and i'm like well you know as as safe as punching in the face gets i guess but there's a there is a ref there you know but uh no yes they're they're all support and um same thing as you as you guys know i talk about it all the time is just like I'm trying to do it the very best way. And they've known me since I was little. And, and so mom knows there's not much she could say to stop me. So, you know, like she's just going to be there for me, I think is the big thing. But the rest of the family is like, what the hell are you doing, Tom? Don't fight like that again. Don't ever do a first. My auntie Joe, you know, Joe is, oh, yeah. don't, don't, don't have a first round like that again. I didn't yeah, like bad, that bad. first don't round. Do that. Yeah. Don't do, just do everything you do before and all the other fights, but don't do that first round again. You know? <laughs> No, but oh. but overall they're all supportive and and uh i i've always been you know same thing as like i've always been into sports contact sports extreme sports dirt biking you know and all these things they come with the risk that's that's the you know it's just a part of the part of the thing you're signing up for and so mitigating the risk training appropriately taking it seriously that um I think the lifestyle I live and I'm, I'm doing this stuff 24 seven, you know, I do it as coaching. I do it as teaching. Like it's, it's completely what I do all day, every day in some way, shape or form. So I think the seriousness that I, I, I live the life with brings, you know, it doesn't make getting punched in the face feel better for them, but at least it shows, you know, he wants to do this. It's not just going into a bar fight, getting beat up, you know, he's putting in the work. And so maybe that, I like to think that that gives a little bit of a, a little bit of a console to her. When you you win the fight and it's all said and done, the guy says I I've had it, or the refs the ref says it calls her. Do, do you go? Oh fuck! Thank you, and and, and you, you you celebrate and the whole bit, and then afterwards, yeah. What what do you say to your opponent once it's all said and done? When when you beat him, like what what's the? Uh, is there a congratulatory thing? Is there is there a like? Hey man, way to go. Like what, what do you say to a guy that you just beat up? Yeah, it's a tricky thing. And you know, uh, at first in the amateur days, it was really tricky because it's not like, like, you know, buy him a beer or do something to, but now as I get more and more professional and, you know, I'm leveling up and I'm fighting top tier opponents and top tier, um, 
top tier organization. It's a more serious organization. So it's a lot more professional. So again, we, we all signed up for it. So, you know, obviously some people are sour, they've lost or uh, when it's a finish though, and there's not the judges thing, there's not much you can say about it because you were in control to change it. You, you couldn't change it. It's the way it happened. So, um, no, that, that it, for the most part now, I find everyone's pretty good sport. Uh, obviously that won't be the case with everyone, but, uh, that everyone's there playing the game. You know what I mean? Like they're like, he was there. He knew that there's a possibility he loses. There's a possibility he wins. And, um, it just wasn't his night. So speaking just for their team, they were, re- they were really good about it. I, um, something I've been doing for the last, I've done for the last five fights and I'm going to continue doing is it's just from playing rugby, a big thing. And, and a lot of other sports too, it's common, but with, um, rugby, especially, at the end of the games, big games against certain teams, different squads, you switch jerseys as a sign of respect. And just like, hey, great game. We went to war. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We, you know, so it's that's something. So that's what we've been doing lately. In the last five fights, I've brought a brought a progressive fighting academy I jersey. Saw that, that you, you yeah, and so I give sure, yeah. I try and give them a jersey and just say, you know, I can't. It's one of those things. I can't do the sport. I can't put the hours in and and do all this time to learn the skill and then present the skill and put on entertainment for the fans and do what I love without an opponent. I need someone else to be there and someone else to bring. And I expect someone else to bring the best version of themselves when they're coming to fight me. So, you know, we're expecting a lot out of our opponents and, and we're, when you're leveling up, you want them to be the very best. So that's, that's what I think at the end of it is like, you know, thank you for, thank you for the fight. I respect you. And, most, you know, 90% of, of the MMA world, if, you, if you've got in the cage, if you fought and you've experienced that, there's just a, a mutual respect of people who've done that because you've, you've went through it a little bit together. Dave, go ahead. Well, I, the thing that's kind of on my mind right now is uh, how was the after fight, the post fight burger and where'd you get it from? Well, we're at the Hotel Moxie, so here goes another thing back to that sportsmanship and, and Devin Brock is the hotel we were all at had a Moxie's connected, so I went I went there, got a big, big cheddar burger, you know, double bacon, loaded it up. It was it was awesome. It was gravy well on the fries. Oh, fries, gravy, yeah. And then um <laughs> and, boy. I was See, well, we're, we're proud of you because we're, we're old. We're, we, 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 that's how we eat. So I'm, I'm really oh, proud yeah. of you right now. <laughs> yeah, I dug in. I enjoyed it. It soaked it up, especially, uh, you know, I was pretty puffed up, but it didn't, I still, maybe the adrenaline was still in. So I could, I could take a big bite of the burger. It was no problem. But the interview, I, for some reason in the interview photo, I couldn't really smile. I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> everything was puffed up so much. My face was so bruised that uh i couldn't really smile but i got i got a big bite of burger it was worth it yeah i was gonna ask you i i hope you got your christmas car pictures done pre-fight not post-fight it was one of those things even though you won you you you, yeah i saw your instagram post after after your your fight was done and you were you you were a little banged up but you ended up winning (laughs) yeah Yeah. what's uh what's what's next on the fight card for you tom yeah, um, whenever the next big unified event is, the next big opportunity, nothing's scheduled yet. I don't have many contracts yet. So I'm just training and starting to prepare for, you know, coming in the new year. January is a busy work work month for us. And my parents are in New Zealand visiting family. So me and the brother are going to be uh, watching over the farm for January. And then, and I'm still training and stuff, but just going out there, nothing planned fight wise for January or early February. But waiting for the next opportunity. I think I'm pretty sure that Unified's doing a show in March. So hopefully get on that. 
nothing, no contracts been sent yet. So nothing scheduled, but I'm preparing fight ready for March. So there you go. We, uh, we talked earlier. We, you brought it up yourself about the, uh, Demar Hamlin situation um, yeah. that, that happened in uh, on on Monday night, Monday night football with Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills, and uh, the, 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 like it's it's a scary situation. Every time these get you, you yourself, you get into the ring, or in the case, sorry, when these guys go on the field or in the hockey rink or baseball field, not so much baseball because baseball guys are they're baseball guys, but uh, mm-hmm. you, you, injury does happen in baseball. You, they, they can they can happen, but not like yeah. that. Like, what was your thoughts being being a professional athlete, which you are now? Um, what was your thoughts watching that? And you're like, Jesus, man, what am I doing? Yeah, I mean, you guys will know watching it too. It's it's hard to watch because you see these guys all go out there, and, and and most of the time it's just game time, awesome highlights. Of course, hard hits is something you you know we want that intense the the intensity of the game, and all the players know the risk and and that comes with it. The NFL, you know, bringing up CT and all these things, but something like that—that's just this crazy accident, so, and it happens so suddenly, and it's it's right there on the camera, right there on the field, that everyone sees it and feels it, and then afterwards, seeing how all the players that knew him, how distraught they were, and it's just—it's really hard to watch someone go through that, right? You right away, you think about how worried the family's going to be, how everyone, how everyone feels that, and so it's really hard to see. Um, uh, have you guys, have you guys heard of how he's doing now? I seen earlier today. That he I made, heard he, made, he's, 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 all his vitals are kind of going. He's not breathing on his own yet, but he's, uh, there was a situation where he, uh, wrote on a piece of paper. Did we win the game? Cause he didn't even know what happened. So yeah, he's, 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 he's there and he's, he's cognizant of what's going on, but he's not improvements at least, yeah. at least improvements. They're, they're quite happy with the progress and what they're seeing right now. Hey, that's, that's good news to yeah, hear. For yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's um, I, I, it's just a crazy world too. Hey, did you guys see too? A, a week before that, he had one of his fundraiser events and stuff, and he yeah. was getting interviewed about the event, and he's just like talking about how grateful, grateful he is to to be able to do these events, and like how you know we don't all we don't get that much time, and we don't you know like we don't get to have this for that much time. And he's talking about that, and it's just it's crazy the way the those things play out. And yeah, I hope he just has a full recovery. Well, my, my, my take on, on a little bit is it's, it's too bad that, I mean, there's so many football players, there's so many baseball players, so many hockey players, so many MMA guys, and you don't get to know who they are at all until something goes sideways. And it's too bad because the, like you yourself, you put how much time into into your craft and this and, and Demar Hamlin and everything else. He has his GoFundMe for his his charities yeah, and everything else. Incredible. And, and he, he, you just don't, these guys, they put so much time into things and then something goes sideways like it did, complete accident. Like it's not, it was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing accident. happened. And for him to, to, to not be known. And now he's a, the most famous guy in sport right now. It, it's, it's sad to see that it, 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 they put in so much time and effort into, into what you do. And then it just, it takes something like this to get known. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It, it is, you know, it's, it's sad that it, there's not enough of a profile on all the players, but like you said, there's so many players. And, and so, you know, there, I think, I think the story of the players does get out more than we see. Maybe you just don't see each player mainstream, you know, like I think his local city and his, the, the communities he's a part of probably know him quite well. Like for McLeod would know, you know, know me a lot better than anywhere in the States would and things like that. So it, it, one of the great things that sports brings and, 
one of the, you know, we, I talk about this often is sometimes all the struggle, all this hard work, all these things, is like, what is it all for? And one of the great things that comes with being an athlete and especially nowadays with social media and these things is having a platform to be able to inspire others and, you know, to bring other people up and elevate other people to be better and, and just, you know, show hope and things like that. And so it's, it's sad that it takes a negative event like that, uh, something terrible to happen to get this guy's story out there. But it's incredible that a story like that can bring, you know, immediately that were like the Cincinnati fans, the Bills fans are all together praying. There's fans going to the hospital to, you know, hope for this guy's full recovery, praying, being there. And it, you see this, it goes to what I was saying earlier about there's the game and then there's real life. And, you know, there needs to be a clean dissect or clean separation between the two. But the truth is there's a crossover and getting and having that crossover and being able to have that platform to inspire others to be better is one of the pros that comes with being an athlete. And it's a responsibility as well. And um, I think sometimes a responsibility that can be difficult to, to um, I don't know how to word it, but difficult to honor and difficult to do sometimes for some athletes like it can be a lot but it's really one of the greatest things you can do as an athlete is to inspire others and he's a great example clearly he's made a huge impact on not just now with the gofundme obviously that's a really um incredible thing to get raised that much money but before that you know that and you see it with the nfl all the time they're always showcasing what players are doing for their communities all the, the uh, all of the fundraising that they do well, that's a pretty incredible thing, you know? Thanks. Yeah, there is there is so many of them. And, you know, anytime you go to an NFL game and you browse, uh, peruse the program, it's like it's like the the Russell Wilson Foundation, the Jason Elam Foundation. The, like there's there's so many of these players have foundations and 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 they're doing work all the time. And this is a this is a good kid. It's only his second year in the league and yeah. You know, doing a little bit of reading and stuff like that. He's only making 800 grand this year and he doesn't yeah. have a contract for next year and he doesn't qualify for any kind of benefits. Well, there's a good chance this, he won't that, there, there's a good chance he won't have a contract next year. And it's sad yeah. to say it, it really and that, is. That's where I think that's where I think they could see changes. You know, you can't you can't do a profile on every player to get out to the mainstream media on uh, there's just too many players and there's not enough airtime in mainstream media, but I think um more of a demand on the ownership and the leagues to take care of these things. And like in, th in that case, like the healthcare plan, the benefit plan, all of these things, guaranteed uh, contracts, all, guaranteed contract, all of those where the owners that are making X amount Millions. of money. Yeah. yeah. Like there needs to be more of a precedence on looking out for the athletes afterwards. Uh, and it goes, it, it goes down the board with all of it is like, you got to take care of the people that are putting it out there and putting their, and, putting their lives on the line for that reason is to inspire like Russell Wilson's foundation or DeMar Hamlin is, but we're talking about him. So we'll keep it on him is his foundation is going to get a ton of money and help a ton of people now. And he's not looked after, but that, you know, they're using it. They're not using, but his name is being used to bring a ton of hope, a ton of, a ton of inspiration, a ton of great things to these communities. 
but he's not being looked after, that that shouldn't happen. Well, it's funny. It's, it's funny you say that. I, I never thought of that, uh, Tom. But you, you, you say it when uh, his name's being used here, and we're, and we're using it. We're just talking about him. We're not, not. We're not trying to make any money. Not like we make making no, on this fucking show, anyways. But uh, yeah. it's funny that like it's clickbait and things happen. Like you, you watch the Skip Bayless show on FS1 and on TSN, and he says what he says, and then TS and then. Uh, and then ESPN talks about it, and it's clicks, and it's clicks, and it's clicks. Yeah, Demar Hamlin isn't making any money off all these clicks, and this guy's life's—he'll uh, never. I, I don't want to never play football again, but, but he'll probably in, never play football again life, because yeah. now he can't probably um, get the uh, the proper oh, the, the clearance, yeah. the whole bit to, to, to be allowed to play. And it, it's too bad that something like this has to happen to to bring awareness to what. The violence of not the violence, yeah, the violence, the violence of football. The people, yeah, like, the danger, the danger, the danger of, these, of, of these it all. Sports, yeah, the risks. It, 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 then, it's it's great. Go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Well, no, it's just like I, I just hope this doesn't get forgotten, and I hope the media and keeps this present in our mind. Like you know, how's Demar? You know, like hashtag how's Demar? Like who's yeah. looking after him? And then the and the players themselves now, you know, they kind of. They always get it handed to them when these collective bargaining um, agreements get struck. Um, they never, because you're young and you're you only have a vote when you're an active player for the union. Retired players don't have a, a vote, and so you're thinking about yourself and how much can I make right now. You're not thinking about retirement. You're not thinking about uh, getting hurt. You're not. You want one about contract benefits, right? Yeah, and you got to so get now, that. You want that contract done, and then I'm good. Oh. For now. And then now maybe this something like this. Um, thank God that like it appears that he's he's on his way to being recovered. He'll never it, play it, in the NFL again. It, it's that's probably true. And um, the worst case scenario did not come to fruition. But now let's let's not forget about this as players, mm -hmm. as owners. Like we got to take care of these guys because they are laying it on the line, and you never know when what play is going to be your last play. Mm -hmm. And and you know, as as parents watching your kids play sports, as as kids watching their dads play these sports, you know, you want to have an active and 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 fruitful life after you're done playing the game. And these guys should be looked after because not everybody's making forty million dollars a year. Well, that's no. the thing, David. Should should the higher end guys? Yes, we all want to make as much as we can. I I understand that. That's just human nature. More money is good money. I I one hundred percent agree with that. But should the higher end guys take a bit of a bath and so say, you know what, that fucking lineman who's two years in the league, he could use another fifty grand or a hundred grand on his contract or whatever the money may be. Is it a situation where the higher end guys need to actually look after the guys that actually go to war and are fighting the trenches and do it all to make sure that Tom Brady's and the Drew Breeses or whoever no, the quarterback. Well, do you know I what think, I mean? Like, does that I make any mean, sense I what think, I'm saying? I think before any of that happens, it has to be even more of a precedence on the owners and like players associations and these associations. Like Russell, or just for an example, you know, big contract guy, Russell, that they're they're out there on the field too. It could be their last play too, and you know they're fighting for their family. And these crazy contracts are, you know, for sure could be, you know, could we split it a little where the 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 little guys, the what I'm saying, people is, coming should in, there be a max, a max contract because you mm -hmm. have a cap? Should there be a max contract? This is a ceiling you can make. 
Because so so I, we can so we can pay the the, the lower end guys because we, we do we do need to have a, uh, but a is competitive that, are balance. You saying, are you saying uh, that they can't pay the lower end guys uh, if they don't do that? I think that they probably still could, you know, uh, and not just paying the lower end guys like that uh, more, but also just the the healthcare, the every, everything surrounding. Like good health care, a good plan for afterwards. Uh, full time you know, full time pension. Once you play full time pension, once you play, you made the league. Yeah. Yeah. All those things. I think those are more important to come in first. But uh, you know, of course the contract cap, things like that are something to talk about as well and, and in the conversation. But first is it's on the, the league and the ownership and the owners who are making much more than any of the players. Right. For and, sure. Like and, you don't yeah, it's just you not don't ask your fellow employees to chip in. You ask your fucking employer. Yeah, like you know Tom Brady, like Josh Allen isn't Demar Hamlin's employer. The Buffalo Bills are. The NFL is. You buck up. I'm putting my ass on on the line wearing your shield. And right? and most likely too, just like uh, can I can can only assume, and, and we don't know this, and you know maybe we'll learn more about in the future. But most likely, a lot of those guys, Josh Allen's, those guys. They are. They're gonna be there. They're they're gonna be there for them. The close people, the team, the coaches, and we just hope that the ownership and and the league can be there full force for these players as well. And you know, in the past, maybe they haven't shown it as much as they could. Oh, maybe the, first of all, full recovery. We that's what we want for tomorrow, of course. But hopefully, this this also shows the owners that they need to take better care of them. And and you know, you think the players probably will be there. For him, we hope, anyways. At, at what point do do we as sports fans, uh, and you, you watch the games and you, you enjoy it, and it's great, and football's great every Sunday, and college football's great every every Saturday, and the like, and the MMA guys are doing this. At, at what point do sports fans go, Jesus, man, these people are putting their lives in the line, and they're and, and it's 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 kind of getting a little scary. Like it's kind of getting a little bit scary, and, and the the human body can only take so much. And the human body can only do so much. Dave, at what point do you, as you as a, as a father, when the, you, we talked about this in the past, where you're not letting Jasper play football? Wait, not, it, or not, not letting, but not, 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 not I'm happy, accessing I'm happy, him to play I'm football. Ha- I'm happy he doesn't want to play football because I don't know if we'd have to have a tough conversation. Right? Like, because what if he's good? And then, you know, I just read, read another article, like, uh, all the football injuries that that happen on every single level of of football, from you know the those pop Warner guys all the way to professional. The greatest number of injuries is happens in the high school years because that's when you get your biggest mismatches. Then, yeah. like you know, you're gonna play, you know, whatever Kate Andrews uh, versus um, Raymond or whatever, yeah, Raymond yeah, yeah. or whatever. And then now you're this, you know, Texas you got a great high school 12, football. You got, a great 12, you got a great twelve versus a grade eight, or, or yeah. even, even some of the grade ten and 11, 12 kids are just huge mismatches in general because the the one kid hit puberty, one kid didn't. Yep. And then there's a huge size Hawking difference. Canada, there's a, same thing. There's, there's yeah, a huge no skill difference. Talk. Yep. And then now all of a sudden, someone's getting lit right up and has a concussion. Yeah. And then doesn't want to be a pussy, so he doesn't tell anybody. And and then now you know that's how this stuff happens. And so, like, like to answer your question, like it's as a parent, it's it's when when you look at the risk reward. Like, there's other mm-hmm. sports where you can have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do this. It's Talk it's um it, it's a tricky line I find because you know 
we're, we're humans on this earth. We're humans on this rock floating through outer space. And it's, you know, really we're just monkeys figuring it out. And it's like, what, what, what do we want to spend our time here doing? And we love sports. We don't want to just take that out of there. So there's this risk, like you said, risk reward. We could, you know, you want to be healthy. You don't want to take any injuries. So you could live in a padded room in a bubble, you know, control every element, the air quality, but then what life is that? And then on the other end, you're doing all these crazy things and risking it and you die young. Well, what life is that? So it's that balance of, you know, putting it's that it goes, it goes back to how you should train. I find is life in your years, years in your life. You know, you should, sometimes you should have a burger and fries. You're sure they'll tell you it's not healthy for you, but you're living life here. Like you got it. You got to get the most out of it for what that is to you. But I like your burger and fries. I really, right? <laughs> there's a mitigation of risk. It's like you eat, you eat three burgers a day, every day. Well, you're going to give yourself a lot of health problems. And when you're, you know, when you're older. Right. And so it's like, do I want, I want to choose my heart now or later. And so that, that balance of it, and it comes back to when we're talking about sports is we sign up, we know what the risk is and these, these accidents can happen, but do we completely shut the sport down and shut it down where there's a lot of love for the game and, and you know, all, we all love the sport and, and the players love the sport and you wouldn't want the sport just to completely die out. So to me, it's about, it's about what we're doing right now. We're talking about it. We're bringing these matters right to the forefront. How do we solve it? How do we make it as safe as possible, but still can play the game at the best level possible and really get the most out of the sport? And talking about these issues, you know, making it safer. I think for me with MMA, I like talking about it all the time. I try and always bring it up is, you know, and it goes with any sport, NFL, especially because of the CT is having an exit plan, being smart about how you exit. You could still be, we talked about it last podcast. I can still be involved in MMA. I don't have to compete until I'm 80. I can coach. I can, I can get into being judging. There's, there's a thousand avenues where I can still be a part of the sport that I love hockey, you know, you name it. You can still be a part of it and move it forward and make it better for the younger generation, but not just, you know, shut it down. So having a good exit is one thing I like talking about being smart about how you exit, but it's every issue is like that. The DeMar Hamlin is a freak accident. The heart got hit at a certain and, point. And that's just it. Like, you know, like everybody's talking about this, that, and the other one. And none of us are fucking doctors. You're, you're, you're the, out of the three of us, uh, Tom, you're, you're the most, uh, healthy guy. No, you know, way more about health and, and fitness than, 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 than the other two of us do. Still uh, so, 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 so you're underqualified, <laughs> but pe- yeah. people are saying this, that, and the other, but what, what, what happened. But to me, I, I, I'm not downplaying it at all at, at all. Like I'm not, it, it's scary. It was awful. Mm-hmm. What, what has happened to this, this kid? Uh, cause he's a kid to me. Cause I'm well, Dave, you're, you're old and you're whatever it is. It, I'm it's, 30 um, years older than him. Right, and it, thirty it's, years old. It, it's crazy that it was a freak. To me, it was a freak accident that happened. It was a hit to the chest that he was delivering, and la da 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 da. It happened. It's it how it can happen so quickly, and we don't know enough about what goes on. I I I personally think that we're we're kind of pushing the human body a little bit further than it's used to be used to be being pushed, and and it, this situation happens. Uh, and no one knows what to do. And that's the biggest thing that happened. And nobody knew what to do to talk about it. No one knew what to do with ESPN, where the game should go on. NFL didn't know what the game to go on. I, I think, I think that it's, I think that like, it's a terrible situation. And we're, you know, we all pray for DeMar to get uh, a complete recovery and come back to full health. And 
I think that it, that situation, no matter what, is going to be really difficult to deal with. And I think that 50 years ago, a situation like that would be hard to deal with. And 50 years from now, situations like that, it's just, that's that human element is none of us want to see someone have to go through that and the family members to go through that. And we don't, we don't, you know, we're out there playing a, a rough sport or we're doing whatever we're doing, we're playing sport and we don't want to see anyone get hurt. And that's part of, these things are part of the game, but we want to try and eliminate them or mitigate them as much as possible. But I think like, I think the NFL, obviously not calling it off right away is a, is a debate and things like that. But I think everyone, you know, it, very often we're doing the best we can. And that's why these conversations are the most important thing is what, you know, helmet, all these technologies we've improved. We're, you're constantly on this road to improve these things, but you're never going to be perfect. And so it's, you know, do you just shut this all down completely? Well, I can leave tomorrow and get hit by a car and kill. And, Dave, and you know, Dave, I, 30, it's a tricky area. Dave, 30 years ago, correct me if I'm wrong. 30 years ago, they cart that kid off the field, they do resuscitation off the field, and the game keeps playing. Am I wrong on that? I think you may be wrong on this, on that, because this... Maybe, maybe not to an extent, but you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm getting no, at? No, but, but I, I recall um, right around, like, about 30 years ago, there was a fella, I believe he played for the Lions, broke his neck on the field, and they had to put him on a spine board and everything. They continued the game, and he has... I don't know what came of him, um, but he broke his neck, and I know he was paralyzed for some time. Um, and there's been catastrophic injuries, but but the, the the difference being, this was something that was so freakish, and 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 like he was essentially dead. If he didn't get that CPR within the the minute, um, he was lying there. Um, he he could be dead right now, and yeah. that and that's you sign up for it but you don't sign up for that. And no, that's no. really scary. Like to yeah. for all those players on both sides, that's really, you could, really you, scary. you could see it and you could see it and you could feel it. So rattled. Place. Yeah. All of them. And even the fans, like, you know, and it takes a, a terrible moment like that to bring everyone together. But you could see just the, the, everybody was fighting for him to just be okay. And, um, yeah, you, you don't ever want to see that. You know what I mean? If we can make that happen zero times, ever again that's the goal but do you do that by shutting down the whole sport i don't know i don't i, I think i think you know we, yeah, well, we what, 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 we what is the solution to, to not have sport anymore like i don't know what the yeah. solution is I, but, I, but I, like, I, I think though we can all agree like this was freak this wasn't malicious this was it, an ultra violent yeah. it was just it was just that freak timing of like from what i read like it's a, a 0.2 millisecond window um, that heartbeat, yeah. Where the heartbeat and the 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 location of the strike, all at all, yeah, yeah. It's, like it's it's it's, 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 it's like, crazy how much we've learned the last couple of days. Like we've all been watching, we've all been riveted by the whole situation. And there, there's there's doctors and people on TV like uh, I, this is a one in a in a billion chance that that could happen, and it happened. So it's, mm -hmm. should, should you shut down football? No. Should you shut down shut down sports? No. Uh, but. It's it's one of those situations. How do we go. move forward? Yeah, like we we can't we can't not learn anything from it. That's the bottom line. We don't we don't shut everything down. But what can we do to learn and make sure that this happens? Uh, you know, it's a freak accident, so it's not that it happens less, but we mitigate it. How can we be better prepared for it if it were to happen? And then it goes back to what we were talking about earlier: the ownership and you know putting more of a responsibility on taking care of all these players long after their career. 
Because how many, the NFL is such a good example of it because you see this recycling of players in the industry. And, you know, you got these ex players that are now on the broadcast. And, and like, it's just, it's such a fun thing to see these players get involved in it and be a part of it still. And that's what we hope, you know, as hockey players do it as well, like every sport does it. But you, that's what you want to see is how do we kind of keep, keep the ball rolling and moving forward and making things better for everyone, you know, make it safer for the kids, make it, make them learn the technique and the skills more so that they can still enjoy the game. You know, who doesn't love throwing a football, going and catching it. There's there's, there's things that in living life that aren't bet that you can't beat doing these things and moving, you know, that's what the best part about, you know, being a human is experiencing these things. So how do we make it better? Speaking of throwing a football, Tom, how do you feel about your Pittsburgh fucking Steelers? Going to the playoffs. Well, <laughs> let's not get there yet. How do you feel about your Pittsburgh Steelers having the situation with Kenny Pickett at the helm? They got a shot. If they win, they, they, they're probably in. How are you feeling about your Pittsburgh Steelers have a chance to go to the playoffs, and the reason why I ask that, would they have been better off to maybe have lost three or four in a row instead of winning three or four in a row? Because they don't, they're not a Super Bowl champion by any means. My, my, my go is no, no way, man. You never lose. You never throw games away. We're, you know, when you're competing at the highest level, uh, like you hate that for an organization, throw a couple of games away to get a better draft pick. But if you're a good organization, whatever draft pick you get, you're, you can still get the right picks, right? And make, make a team good. And so I, I think you go for every win you can get. And that's like, I that's, like what the I league, like that's what the league should be about. You know what I mean? You should never, a, a, a team taking a dive to get a better draft pick. Uh, that's a weak mentality to me. You know, you you go go ahead, get that last draft pick for the next ten years, and you'll still. It's the wrong mindset. You know, it's not a championship yeah, mindset. Oilers, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You get you you've seen it time and time again. Oh, last pick. Well, I'll get first pick, first pick, first pick. Well, you don't do anything with it because you don't have the winning mentality. You don't have the heartbeat of like you know championship mindset. And so I say, my if there's a chance, you're saying there's a chance. I'll, I'll I'll give it up to Mike Tomlin. I I'm with him. I'm ride or die. Mary Swanson, Dave, go ahead. Well, you know, you say they're winning. They're they're in. They are not winning. They're like, no. Actually, they need to win both, and then Patriots and Chargers need to lose. Right? They need some help. No, but. no, no. And the Dolphins. The oh, Pats, and the Dolphins. The Pats and Dolphins have to lose. Um, which is not impossible. But the uh, matchups, the matchups for it are good, are decent. But this they week gave themselves a shot, yeah. without a doubt. And and we touched upon that on on Monday there. Like I don't know how Pickett's doing it. He's not really good, but he's a competitor. And he he's a stealer, position. though. You know what I mean? Like he's, 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 he's a stealer. Dude. He has that He's gonna You're saying there's five seconds left in the game. We're gonna win it, boys. We're gonna go and win it. He's a stealer. What What about that nausea? The nausea catch though. Jesus. Yeah, he had a game, um, and then also too, you know, there's they're seeing uh, th- they, that's the Ravens without um, without Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, and you know, you you can only play the teams that that are on the field with you, and I no, get it. Actually, for the Ravens, like the 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 game plan they have, that Huntley, you know, as a backup, fits into it quite well. Actually, I thought, you know, like you know, you can't have Lamar, you can't you can't make a copy of Lamar. But he he does fit into the system decently. 
I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. He's a stealer. Jesus, fuck me. <laughs> like, that's fucking some funny shit. You know what's funny, too? Is how he's from, you know, as, as a college player. As a college player, you know he knows that rivalry is just, like, imagine him, his mindset just before that game, he's just fired up, you know? Do you, he would have been, I think he would have been teammates. I think this Hamlin kid went to Pitt. To Pitt, that's yeah, right. I, see, yeah. I did see that, so he would yeah. be pretty... And yeah. then, they and might have crossed paths at some point. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, 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 might, they actually from, might have played. Yeah. They might have they played been, in together, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, the Pittsburgh Steelers are the gift that keeps on giving for podcasters. Anyways, uh, one of the show tonight, I got I got a question for both of you. Uh, it, it involves a Pittsburgh Steeler. Tom, I want you to tell me why Ben Roethlisberger goes to Hall of Fame, and Dave, I want you to tell me why. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't go to the Hall of Fame. Tom, we'll start with you. <laughs> well, it's, you know, like we talked about last time with Dave, where he right away pointed out his uh, history outside of football, which I cannot get behind as well. I take that stance. Outside of football, I, you know, can't, can't act that way. Inside of football, though, you know, again, he's in the middle of the trenches. He's a player with his, his stats have spoke for himself. He's throwing... Uh, you know, excellent. How many yards? I don't know. I don't know stat line off the top of my head, but his stats have been Hall of Fame worthy. Would you? Wouldn't you say? One hundred percent, Dave. <laughs> so we might have to pull the stat Dave, line up. Dave, oh, no, but- Dave, they cut, cut. we've been doing this for two and a half years now. When you shake your head, it's bad for podcasting. No one can hear that. Well, I'm just saying. Oh, okay, Tom, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying so he shook his head up and down. He said, "Yes, that no, line's no. good." That's what he did. If the viewer, the the listeners, you guys viewed it, don't say anything. But listeners, he shook it up and down. He's down for <laughs> Roethlisberger to go right into the hall. Of fame. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you why Roethlisberger does not. He's not the fifth best quarterback of his generation. Tom Brady's better. Drew Brees is better. Peyton Manning is better. Philip Rivers is as good. Okay, okay. Let's just settle if you this Philip talk Rivers about, talk down. And, you know, and how many Pro Bowls has Ben Roethlisberger made in his life? Not Pro Bowls, sorry. How many times has been, he, he been named a first or second team NFL All-Pro? But that's not his Zero. fault. What do you mean it's not his fault? I thought we were wanted Hall of Famers to be the best in their position. He's not top five at his position. Super Bowl ring, though. So does uh, so does Trent Dilfer and Brad Johnson. That's a small point. I don't know either of those names. Yeah, Eli Eli Manning has two. I think if you put, uh, I think Eli Manning goes in before Ben Roethlisberger. And and Ben has a lot of talent surrounding him too. You know, in those times, but but he man, he you know he delivered when he needed to deliver. Mm-mm. Not always. Not he delivered two. Years. He delivered two in his first three years, or two in his first four, right around there. And then when it became incumbent on him to be the man and deliver, he did not. When he had, <laughs> when when he was a system quarterback and he listened and he didn't love himself too much, and then like I'm Big Ben, I can do anything I want. Then, <laughs> then, and when they put the ball in his hands, he did not deliver. The Steelers were completely like. Above average, they were a B football team for the last ten years of his career. He's well, not a winner. I, I I agree. Like he's his, you know, it was tough for him when he didn't have the talent around him to just be to put it all on his shoulders. And 
I don't know if he, he was able to do that or not, but but the the winning seasons that he did have, you it's it's hard for me because I'm such a Mike Tomlin fan that I, I give most of the credit to like the whole the squad, the organization as a whole versus being Ben Roethlisberger. But I actually I mean, agree with you, Tom the, the Tomlin a, and Tomlin and the Steelers organization is second to none. And that's why when it comes down to like you guys ask me, I'm like they're going to the playoffs because I I got belief in it as an organization that winning championship mindset where you know they're not going to throw a couple games and and give up on their hopes of this season. They're going to every game give everything they got and they have that. So in that regard, I, I like I'm I'm more with the organization than I am particularly with Ben. But you know it's hard it's hard not to love when Ben is just getting tackled. By four guys, you know, the highlights of he's getting this, he's right in the middle. He maybe should have rolled out, but you know, he can't do that because you don't get, a, don't want to get him running out of the pocket. So instead, he well, just sits that. in the pocket, has some guys hanging off of him, you know, he moves up and then throws a bomb. You, you got to like that. Well, yeah, I understand what you're saying, but you're remembering all the completions. You're forgetting all the picks, <laughs> right? Um, pur- purposely. Yeah, <laughs> forgetting the face. Yeah, yeah, like you know, he's and like uh, completion percentage after contact and all the uh, these other made up stats. You know, and yeah, the, the NFL is the master of stats. Yeah, exactly. You can they're always find worse in baseball lately. Yeah, it's, hey, it's hey, they're, they're like they're like they're, he's the best quarterback throwing when there's been 11 kilometer hour per wins. Yeah, yards after catch and <laughs> yeah. minus five weather. Expected completions. I expect to complete every fucking pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Expected completions. No, I expect to complete every pass. So I threw the fucking ball. Uh, Dave, you're you're going to disagree with me, uh, maybe a little bit. uh, But are they actually the the greatest NFL franchise that there is? Considering they surely they had the most Super Bowls. Uh, are they the greatest immaculate reception don't forget that are they the greatest franchise in football they possibly could be um because they've done it over generations with uh they've made the super bowl with i want to say three different quarterbacks bradshaw but only three different coaches is the thing too yeah cordell stewart and then with ben um you no, and didn't what, what what um who is the who is oh? What is the old quarterback? The Steelers quarterback. He never was in the Super Bowl. What's Terry it? Bradshaw. Oh, Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. Oh, you oh said no, that. he you was. Said yeah, yeah. yeah he Bradshaw, got the, Bradshaw got a yeah. couple, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three or four. And you know what? Yeah. Uh, with the history of that, the the immaculate reception, that was Pittsburgh Steelers' first playoff win ever. That was a crazy. Hey, they did that the bit on it this year and stuff. Yeah. So I got to learn a little more about it. It, it, it was pretty cool. And that was Franco Harrison, and and, and he just passed his, away a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah the day, like the Wednesday before his number was getting retired, which is crazy. Yeah, and they celebrated crazy. the immaculate reception, right? Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. They way back then they didn't have the camera angles they did, so you can't quite get the full clip of it. And my, uh, you know, you some of you guys might, uh, Dave. I don't know if you know Taylor Wilson, but Brent, you'll know yeah. Taylor Wilson. He's one of my best friends, and and uh, he's a Raiders fan. So of course we get into because well, his dad is, over. and they're yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're both dumb. But yeah, whatever. they're both they're both idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Ra- Raider friend calls it the immaculate deception. Yeah, see, they they lie about it. They just yeah. they won't they don't just poor losers. <laughs> I don't know if there's bigger losers on the planet than the Wilson home boys. <laughs> no, I mean, let's, let's actually talk about to just Raiders fans in general. Raiders fans in general, but, but you, 
it, it goes bigger because they're Wilson Holmes, but whatever. He, he, went, he went to the Vegas game. He went to the Raiders game when they when they beat New England, yeah. and Chandler Jones stiff arms Max to the field, and I was like, that had to be a big highlight. That just had to that had to feel good being there for that one. The uh, getting down to the end of the season coming up, NFL season's com- uh, it's coming down to the wire. That we we're still not exactly sure what they're going to do with that game that wasn't played this weekend. Uh, Dave, I ask you week in, week out. Uh, we'll get to Tom in a second. Has your Super Bowl champion changed, and who wins the Super Bowl as of right now? What's your thoughts? San Fran beats the Bills. San Fran's really showed me. A lot with their consistency. They're they're hot as hell right now. Oh, McCaffrey. Um, I Stanford, but fuck me. Wow. I say the Bills. What about Eckler? Are you talking about running backs? He's he put up a lot of points this year. I, I, I can see them kind of being a dark horse, actually. Hey, the Chargers sneaking in and Herbert with that arm, just a, a weird gets a couple good playoff bounces, you know? I I, I hear you, but if you're if you're uh, I almost said San Diego, if you're the Chargers, you yeah. gotta beat you got to beat two of the Bills, KC, and Cincinnati. You got to beat two of those. Then those are three really good teams right now. I think. I think those yeah. three are the class of the league. Um, and the the only the only team worth a penny is uh, in the NFC is San Fran. Yeah, they're pretty dominant. You don't think Tampa Bay's resurgence is real or what? No, no I, I, I really, I, I really don't. No, I, I really I don't. Think the, I it's think crazy that that division was up for grabs still, eh? Like even last week, <laughs> yeah, just that whole division, week. just a mess. Tampa's gonna win. Like they're eight and eight, and they clinched, right? Crazy, so they could be, dude. they could be eight and nine, and hosting a playoff game next week. That is insane. Tommy yeah, boy. Just, talk about Tom Brady luck, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four <laughs> years straight in the playoffs, I think, isn't it? For, for Tommy, <laughs> yeah, well, I thought it was fifty-five years straight. Fuck, who knows? I, 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 I agree. I think the Niners are, are that team because I think that that that, that uh, mid-season acquisition of Christian McCaffrey, fuck Stanford. Uh, I think that's going going to be the move of the season, and I think McCaffrey's going to win the Super Bowl for the Forty Niners. I do. You, I, think, I, I, you, think, you think you think Eagles Eagles fall off then? I don't think they're good. I don't think Dallas is good. I think the their their record is just a one hundred percent product of their schedule. Look at their schedule. Yeah. They they there's they're joking. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And now as soon as the schedule starts to get tough near the end, they start falling off a bit. I mean the Eagles mm-hmm. obviously they were pretty you know, they've won a lot of tough games, but uh I, I I'm I'm I agree. I think that it's gonna be Bills, San Fran in the finals, but I say Bills win. Because they got something to play. Well, not that they didn't. But well, you that's a good point. I think that's an element. But I just think, like, yeah. just as the team, like they, they've had a bit of up and before this, of course, you know. But I never thought that before thought. this. Before this, they had a bit of up and downs. You know what I mean? It wasn't just a clean road. Not that it has been for Sam Fran either. But but I just they both those teams have so much depth on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I, I never thought that until until you just said that. Not now that they're playing for something more as well. Not just I mean, winning Super Bowls huge, but yeah. now that they're playing playing for Hamlin, it, it's a pretty big deal. Okay, and you're going to have a lot of people. Um, and you know, like team sports well. like that, there's a weird, there's this thing where you know the energy of the team is so important. Like any 
team and any team that's won the Stanley Cup, any team that's won the Super Bowl. And of course, a team that gets there and wins, you can make a documentary about them like that. But that's the one thing you'll always, you know, you always uh, easy and quick to point out is, hold oh, that team had chemistry, right? They, they, they get together. And so it's things like, I'm not, I think I was, I would have said this before even the Hamlin thing, but even more so is just this, this camaraderie that will come out of that. But they just are a tight knit group. And even earlier in the season, you see Buffalo gets snowed in and the Buffalo fans all shovel them out. And like, there's just this, this energy around Buffalo over the past three years where they should have been there a couple of times with that KC game. And I think that this year they just get it done. But does Buffalo Buffalo, because they have, there's a certain guy in Kansas city who can play football pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, scary. Anyone facing them is scary, right? Yeah, right. Kansas City's so good. I think Buffalo is well. Buffalo did beat them, um, not last year, but uh, we'll see. Please uh, pick I, quick. I think actually the Steelers will win. <laughs> I will take that bet. <laughs> what are the odds on that? I should go, probably, to, probably go to Bodog and BetUS.com. Yeah. Use promo code one four two zero BetUS.com. I don't know about that one. Throw it on the Steelers. I'm telling you. Wait, what was that that code for the bet? I'll, uh, say that again. I'll, I'll throw it on there. <laughs> One four two zero pod. Yeah, betus.com. Fuck me, gently. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see who wins. And once the NFL season gets going again, on uh, not to stop, but it's it's going to uh, yeah get back to yeah. football on 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 Sunday afternoon. It's going to be Saturday. 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 Sunday. Yeah. Oh, so Saturday Sunday games this year. Yeah, two yeah, two games. Sa- two games Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, interesting to see how it all it all it all pans out and see how things go. Anyways, Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, always fun having you on the show. Uh, great time, great. Uh, how how's oh, your face? I, I wanna, how is your face? Hey, everything cleaned up pretty good. Actually, honestly, my face my face recovered pretty quick. You know, the four days after it was pretty much all gone. It was it was healed up nice and quick. I wanted to be like, hey, I'm like. I'm like Wolverine with Animantium, you know, I, 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 everything heals up fast, but I couldn't say that because I could barely walk. Cause I had a huge lump on my shin and I was stumbling everywhere. So it kind of took that, uh, that bragging right away from me. <laughs> my shin was beat up. Uh, Dave, you're a Broncos fan, right? You bet. It. Yeah. I had to, I wanted to ask before we get off the air is like, what, what, obviously firing Hackett or whatever, that was a big thing. Cause he was, he was a trouble, but what are you, what are your thoughts? What's, what is the reason this is all falling apart? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> I've, I, we've broken it down damn near weekly. I, I, Russell Wilson isn't this shitty. And so this maybe season, he is, Well, we're going to find out next year because we're fucked. If he's, if, he, if he's not, if he's not B plus next year, we're fucked. We owe him so much money. And yeah. you can't get around dead salary cap space. So I just hope whoever has is the next quarterback. Uh, sorry, the next head coach figured it out because <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was, I was, I was, well, I had a foot up. It was better back. as soon as no, as soon as what is his name Hackett or whatever is that his name Hackett? Yeah, yeah. As soon as he gone, it, it honestly the last the last game they did it was better. It was a little bit better and like letting Russell a little bit more game plan to make him move a bit more, but. But overall, Russell's looked hit and miss. It was a, it was tough, and you know. But I always got. Oh, it Tom, it's not hit and miss. It's miss. It's bad. Uh, <laughs> it's all miss. It, it was it was a lot of missing this year. But you know, I always got the clips on this day in sports history. And uh, yesterday was the one where the Broncos, uh, the Duke, 
uh, drove the 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 Broncos 97 yards in two minutes and 30 seconds to beat Houston Oilers. So I always so, I always got those memories from. So so it comes good. back. So as a Broncos fan this year, that's what it's all about is those memories. Glory days. Yeah, they should write yeah. a song. Hey, hey, we were. I was right there with you. The immaculate reception. I was celebrating that, thinking Ball there's no was song. alive when the Houston uh, Oilers had a team, Matt. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't know it's a team. <laughs> so I thought you started talking hockey. No, no, no Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers. Yeah, Jesus oh, crazy, Christ. crazy. I'm gonna have to look up the highlight. Hey, well, I'll, I'll, po- I'll, I'll post it on Twitter because I save okay. all that shit. Sweet. There we go. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. Sweet. Fun show tonight, boys. We uh, got it's nice catching up with you, Tom. We uh, you got your. Your career coming up, are you proud of you, what you're doing for Fort McLeod, Alberta? It's, it's, it's amazing that you, you go in week after week and night after night, whatever it is, getting punched in the face and and then and, and surviving. Well, I'm working that, that five Ds of dodgeball the next couple of weeks. I, uh, <laughs> next time out, I hope you don't take those punches because I, I was watching those when you were it was happening. I, I was like, oh, geez, that hurts, that hurts, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. was all I was thinking anyways. Dave, any, any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, looking forward to football. Uh, getting back. You know. You know. Anytime an injury like this happens, we think about it and it rattles us a little bit. But you know, at the end of the day, you just want a uh, the kid to to make a full recovery and live a normal rep- uh, productive life, and b you want to get see the guys get back on the field and get at her. There we go. Yeah. And then agreed. Oh, sorry. <laughs> And then we got national championship Monday. Yep, Georgia wins by 158. <laughs> yeah, or or 40. Yeah, I don't know, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they don't. Yeah. But, I'll, I'll bet know? the spread. I'll bet the spread for them, but I don't know if I'm going to go in and, and adjust the spread that much. <laughs> 158, a bit much, <laughs> yeah. anyways. Well, and especially if I'm putting money on Pittsburgh already, you know, I got to just keep my eggs in one basket. <laughs> That's smart. Yeah, yeah, smart, smart betting. I don't do it very much. Yeah, yeah we all bet we're not not any good at it. But anyways, yeah. anyways, fourteen twenty sports bar podcast brought to you by Manscaped, Manscaped.com. Take care of each other. More importantly, take care of yourself. You need you around. Keep your stick on the ice. And what else, Tom? Have a great night, Dave. Don't swing at high pitches, Jimmy. There we go, folks. I pitched this. <laughs> have a good, have a good night. We'll talk to you again on uh, Monday. Say hands up, hands up, chin down. Hands, hands up, up chin, down. chin down, and don't get punched in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.